The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another special edition of the Youthscape Podcast. Uh, I'm Martin Saunders and up in Preston. It's Rachel Gardner and I'm not on the phone today because we had, did you see that on Twitter, Martin, <laughs> this week? People like loving it but don't like her on the phone. No. <laughs> I'm back on Zoom. Back on Zoom. <laughs> so we, we, um, we, we definitely prefer the slight delays and the occasional yes. bits where you turn into a robot to it sounding in, <laughs> like you're, you're calling in from Kazakhstan. That is definitely better. So, um, so yeah, here we are Did again. You know that's where I went. <laughs> uh, well, because yeah, you're not very good at again. avoiding the lockdown, Rachel. <laughs> um, so, so um, I thought because because we're at the, the end of the second full week of, um, of basically no school, uh, not really being able to go out very much. Um, and, and, um, I don't know if you, you know, do you understand the stages of grief, Rachel? You, you, there's this sort of, you, you start with, I don't know, shock and then you move into anger and then you, you go into bargaining mm. and, and acceptance, all that stuff. And, um, and I wonder whether as a nation, um, and as individuals, we are going slowly through the stages of, of grief. Um, and so I, I, I figure that what we need at the start of this podcast, first of all, this is a this is an uplifting edition of the Escape podcast. There's loads of great stuff coming. There's an amazing interview coming, but I thought just at the start, um, I would uh, would ask you about the um, the worst lockdown media choices you've made so far, because um, because in our house we've got through all the kind of things that, that, you know, the recent films and we've got through, you know, the good new stuff on, on Netflix and already we've started to scrape the bottom of the barrel and it's only the end of week two. <laughs> and so I don't know, I don't know what, what do- dodgy choices you've made so far, but my family well. ha- have started watching, <laughs> my family have started watching the later Home Alone movies and my goodness, <gasps> they are bad. They, the last Home Alone 4, Home Alone 4, which is, um, I'd never, I didn't even know existed. It's set in a mansion. Uh, and uh, essentially, it's, it's a moral vacuum of a film, if you've ever seen it. It's essentially a film with no morality. Uh, you know, the baddies in Home Alone are just there to be, uh, they're two-dimensional. They're there to be injured because they've tried to rob a house. Uh, and, uh, and so awful things happen. But also... Um, it's, there's just this weird kind of family dynamic, which if you, if you, I won't go into, into details, but Home Alone 4 is a terrible film. And I just feel like if that's only where we are in week two, where am I going? Where am I going in week 10? It's, are there like snakes on a plane type knockoffs that we've got to go to next? That's the next oh. kind of layer of deep layer of hell, isn't it? So my so for my family, because my, my kids are younger than yours. Um, so last night in a bid to like just calm everybody right down. And we also have an older teenager um, living with us as well. And so what, what unites toddlers and, and older youth, I think, is any film involving animals. So oh, last yeah. night we watched straight to Netflix. Netflix, uh, Lady and the Tramp, the live version, oh, done yeah. in 2009. Yeah. But what was utterly excruciating about it, and because it's a pet hate of mine, is I, lo- I love my period dramas. I love, so they set it in kind of this weird pseudo 
1920s but slightly 1890s clothing but everything is pristine clean so you have like all these guys dressed as like basically chimney sweeps with not a bit of soot on them all the soot is like strategically placed just right. below the left eye I mean the dogs are incredible they're just brilliant and that was a saving grace but you know when you watch a film it's like it's just it's, it's like this other planet where there's no dirt like I, I'm living in a house that is continually messy and dirty because I have kids, that, you know, all the mess is here now. We can't get away from each other and each other's mess. Just dirt. I'm living in a cesspit. I'm not actually, but you're feeling, <laughs> I don't want to watch a film like set in 1890 in the Bronx that looks like everything is like lily white, and perfectly clean. So I, was, I was getting very angry with this film last night. So I think so I think your thing about anger, maybe we need some of these horrendous films to channel some of this frustration that we feel. Rachel, what I, I don't understand here in what you just said is, uh, is, is there a live action version of Lady and the Tramp from 2009 that is on Netflix? Yes, there is. Or are, are you talking about the, the just released 2020 Lady and the Tramp that's on Disney Plus. Because I, I don't know how, have you just found at the very moment where there's a brilliant new version of Lady and the Tramp live action uh, available on a, I think, free seven day trial at the moment, you've just found a weird knockoff one at the same time that was, that's not with like, so it's not like CGI dogs, it's just real dogs. <laughs> that what's happened. You could have, literally, the new brilliant Lady in the Tramp, which is very good, was right there, literally right there. And you, you found a knockoff, you found a knockoff version at the same time. Wow. Oh, that's it. That well, I mean, skill. we're learning all sorts of things about the link. <laughs> well, the link between the South and the North, I think we get different things up here. <laughs> I think, we get fed a different diet of I, crap movie, I think. <laughs> I honestly think you get... I think that those streaming services are universal. I promise. Oh, okay, I will double check that. Yeah. I hear, here's the oh, thing I'm going to dive sure. into as well. And I don't know if you're going to do this, um, but I've heard a lot of people talking about this, this documentary series called Tiger King. And I, I, haven't, I haven't dipped my toe into it yet because I feel like I'll just lose the day to it. But there's, a, uh, there's this series on, on, um, on Netflix about this crazy cast of, uh, of characters involved in like the tiger training industry in America. Um, and apparently it's absolutely bonkers. So I'm going to dive into that over the weekend, I think. Oh, I think a little bit of Louis Theroux is always good. Like when, when, you've, when you've had enough of your fill of this mindless entertainment, then you go and watch like an hour documentary of Louis Theroux, like living amongst the most deprived communities ever. I think probably there'll be a slight sense of both of those things in our life right now. The other thing for us up here, up here, up north, which will be different to everywhere else, is... Um, a little bit of a, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm about to say Rainier's and it's not him. It's Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls, man versus nature or something, man. Sort of the teenage boys around here. Yeah, yeah. That's for live. I mean, girls are as well, but it's just so happens to be the boys that I know that are watching it. Have you, have you, have you guys got into that? I, I love. Like click different apps. 
No, I have. I haven't. I love. I love Bear Grylls on an almost unhealthy level, um, <laughs> and uh, you know he makes me feel like less of a man. But I still love watching him. You love him for it. Yeah, mm. um, but no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. No, but I'll, I'll check it out. I've got, as it turns out, some it's time on interactive. my interactive, <laughs> and it's interactive. So stop showing the kids crafts and get get them watching Bear Grylls. Yeah, but this is. It's two weeks. I think um, if it's time is a weird thing, don't you think? Like, because in many ways we are still enormously adjusting. And I, mm. I think this last week I've had a couple of days where I've just cried for no reason. I'm sure many other people listening to this will have had that. Where, where it's just the adjustment. You know, nothing particularly happened in those moments. I just felt overwhelmed. And I think uh, we're all probably feeling closer to feeling overwhelmed than we normally do. We're feeling at that level of stress is heightened. So we're operating differently. Um, so I've, I felt that, that adjustment. But also it feels like it's been going on forever as well. It's a weird thing, isn't it? How the human brain and body adapts. But we both feel this is still, you know, crazily new and it's hard to get our heads and heart round. But it also feels like we've been in this, can we remember a time when we could just pop to the coffee shop and just sit and chat to our friends and lick their faces and all the kind of stuff that we used to love doing, you know, <laughs> when we're allowed yeah. close physical contact. So it's an interesting space that we're in because we're definitely in the now, but the not yet. It's like if ever there was a time that would explain that theology that we have about the now and the not yet, we're in that, you know, that whenever Paul talks about in the limbo, like we're all you know corporately in a limbo like we've never been before so yeah it, finding people that can give words to that and give sense to that is really quite important isn't it otherwise we're only going to be watching crafts and crazy knock knockoff films of lady the tramp because it's just too hard to get our heads around it but we yeah. do need that entertainment as well we need those moments of just chilling out don't we yeah we do <laughs> i mean I, I, I don't know about you i i sort of simultaneously feel like um it's been going on forever and like uh you know the month of march felt incredibly long um and and yet also this week's been the first week that i felt has gone quite quickly and we are starting to i think adapt to new rhythms and and you no longer i don't know about you i no longer wake up in the morning with a sense of you know those those couple of moments where you're just waking up it's a normal day and then your brain goes oh remember lockdown and you go oh yeah gosh yeah. and you have that moment first thing in the morning where you're just like oh no i'm not quite as free as i thought i was yeah. so i think there's there's a bit of that i think we're starting to adjust to it i do think probably um, the fact that people are, the, the word is that people are not obeying some of the restrictions. Um, mm. Certainly in London where I am, you know, the, the, they're saying the transport's now getting busier again. Mm. Um, and it, it's sort of that sense that people have maybe had enough of this lockdown thing for a couple yes. of, you know, they did it for a week or so. And I think the, tr yeah. the trouble is without wanting to make predictions, um, uh, you know, the, they, they will have no choice but to, to impose sort of, stricter yeah. sanctions if people don't follow those um those rules and so um so it is really important that all of us you know all of us listening to this mm. probably are not in the group that um you know are going to flout the restrictions but um but but you know we have to do our bit um and uh, yeah. and i think probably is there is it is very likely there's going to be a time where there is a greater restriction placed on our freedom of movement even than we have now so we have got to get our heads around that that's kind of going on in the backs of our minds as well so um 
Pierre, Strange Times. Mm. Rachel, have you done any kind of interaction with young people this week? And, 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 and how has that been? I have. Um, so I, um, a few weeks ago, talked about um, these young young people, young adults. They're all sort of age 15 plus, 16 plus, that congregate at the back of the Minster. And it took a long time to convince them that they couldn't come to the Minster to congregate. Um, and so that, that took quite a while. And I was determined that we would do that relationally, not just lay down the law. And actually now they're abiding by that. And and um, they're, they're all staying in different places. But um, actually a number of them, I, I deliver food packages and parcels to them in an afternoon, stand a long way back, drop the bag off at the doorstep kind of thing. And because we are set ourselves up as a food distribution point, I, I can do that. So it's very interesting having this sort of relationship with them where suddenly they're, they're a lot more different. They're, they're, their attitude towards me and how they feel about me is, it's really different. They're really grateful for a bit of company and one of the things I've noticed I'm, I need to be just careful how I'm talking about these young people because I'm conscious that as a team we're trying to manage the safeguarding aspects of this and make sure these young people are safe while at the same time keeping them indoors as much as possible trying to make sure that's as safe as possible with the little information that they give us because they are the kings and queens of being shady um, about stuff but um, I am noticing overcrowding and so um, some of these lovely young people are contacting me and saying we just need food and I'll say can you just give me the, the numbers of people in the property so I can bring the right amount of food um, and it's interesting, the numbers of adults, the numbers of children. And, and I feel it's almost like when lockdown happened, families that operate very, very chaotically between each other's homes. So as a child with parent A or parent B or with auntie or grandma, um, so-and-so's boyfriend has moved in and he's already got a kid. And it's almost like this kind of very transient, fluent, a fluid life that happens suddenly had to go had to land do you know what I mean yes and it's kind of had to land in certain properties and so I'm, I'm discovering houses that have like four or five or six or seven adults who are loosely related or know each other and then five or six children um and and I'm and and the big question is um so there's an issue around kind of overcrowding these, these are tiny houses we're talking little and I've not been in these houses I'm just dropping food off at the door but we're talking two bedroom three bedroom max house mm-hmm. all flats mm-hmm. so where everybody is i don't know and, and can you imagine the stress and the strain you know, the complication of all these different connections and relationships people that don't particularly know each other well let alone then the added thing around safeguarding so I, i'm finding that a challenge but equally i feel that the young people that i'm dropping food off to their families off they're safer because i'm i'm going there regularly dropping meals off and i'm sort of seeing their faces they're coming to the door we're having conversations um, so that feels at the moment like frustrating that I can't do more and I'm chatting with our safeguarding team about how we can just make sure you know what the signs need to look for and what would I do and all that kind of thing but it feels like at the moment this is a, a lifeline and, and I want to keep providing that for as long as I can and obviously I'm wearing gloves I'm operating social distance you know we've got all our policies in place around that but um so there's that kind of youth work and then there's the um the other side which is our youth like a Beth is doing such an extraordinary brilliant job online and she's making it so intimate and connected and fun and real like I'm just amazed actually at how how much she's created this community with young people and 
So we're doing regular dance off every day. We have to like upload ourselves doing that. Young people are sharing a thought. They're doing little mini preaches. They're, they're uploading it. We're doing it through our YouTube channel. Like it's extraordinary. Um, so I feel like I'm seeing these two very different types of youth ministry that yeah just feel like a whole new world actually and I want to tread carefully in both so yeah mm. how, how about how about for you have you got any more hilarious stories of your, well, <laughs> your online youth ministry takeover yeah I mean it's interesting we're doing something I mean this that's um first of all you're pushing at two very different and very uh, important and interesting frontiers of, of youth ministry there um ours is a slightly different challenge um which is that we have quite a large youth group and so so it's not possible for us to do a video chat really um, and seeing all their faces. Like we, could, we could do it, um, but we're not doing that at the moment. I think in, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to try start to move to a model where we, we have something all together and then we also split into um, uh, small groups on a, on a different platform. So I think that's the next stage on for us. Um, but what we're trying to get good at is creating a, an hour-long kind of presentation that's interactive and so we're building more and more interactivity into that the first go we had at that um after the lockdown stuff came in um was as i said um uh, last time a complete and total car crash um and it was technically all over the place and uh we got hacked halfway through and it was just a it was just a nightmare this time was almost perfect it was almost perfect uh in terms of the technical stuff and and young people staying engaged interestingly young people feeling they can invite their friends into that context which is yeah. something i'd i'd wondered about um just people thinking it's very very easy to share a link with some friends who are all sitting at home uh maybe a bit bored and the, and just say to a friend hey why don't you watch this um we're all going to be watching this at the same time um and uh and so it was almost perfect um but then halfway through um, somebody else from our church, despite me sending various messages, somebody else from our church uh, logged into the church Zoom account, cutting us all off uh, at the same time. And so on YouTube, uh, this thing, we were right in the middle of a sort of interactive quiz and, uh, and, and we just all dropped out at the same time instantly, um, which was a, a, bit, a, a bit annoying, um, but also actually was great was um, uh, we, um, we recovered it pretty quickly. What's been amazing for me, working with three uh, youngish leaders, so uh, three leaders between the ages of like 19 and 23 maybe, uh, all doing it on a voluntary basis, uh, helping to host this thing or doing the tech, is how um, this time is bringing uh, new leaders to the fore and it's bringing uh, the best out of a lot of people. Um, and uh, it's an opportunity to serve and to lead in new ways. And different kinds of people are skilled to do stuff in this space um, who suddenly become, it's a bit like the key workers thing. Suddenly the guy who can edit together a couple of YouTube's, YouTube streams um, you know, is like your key worker. He's suddenly the most important, you know, person. Mm. And, um, and so that's been, so it's, uh, that's been a huge education, but I'm very, I'm very blessed to have, um, uh, you know, somebody in our midst who is that amazing techie. And as I said to everybody, you know, uh, last week, 
you know, if you can find uh, that sort of person in your in your team, then that then do um, because you know they could be waiting for this moment. This could this could be the moment that they've been waiting for. Um, so yeah, it's been good, and I think we are we are seeing good engagement. And now what we what we're lacking slightly is that um, that more interactive stuff that Beth's been doing, um, and that more youth led stuff, um, which I think is really exciting. And so that will be the next thing we'll try to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think we're about to uh, sort of stop our little yatter, as great as this is, and, and get on to the interview. But I think this leads us beautifully into the interview because we've had two weeks of our fumbled attempts at whatever it is that we're doing. <laughs> and probably after two weeks, we've now got a bit more of a realistic sense of what we can manage, what, what fits in with our own rhythm of life. Some of us have lots of time at home and, and are feeling overwhelmed by that. Lots of us are thinking, actually, I have very little time now to do anything and are feeling overwhelmed by that. So possibly We've got a rhythm of what we can do and, and the question now I guess is is how do we hold young people safely in what potentially as you were saying earlier Martin could be a bit of a longer haul mm-hmm. like how do we hold them safely how do we help them hold themselves before God to manage their own emotions and stresses and frustrations and mm-hmm. simple things like you know this next week we're up here we're going into our Easter holidays probably everywhere across the country is the same and so the little bit of routine we have developed probably will go out the window and, and actually we benefit from routine so what does that next you know how are we just this next week as youth workers going to be ramping up a little bit of remember to get up get dressed brush your teeth you know just to routine don't say any pajamas all day because you won't sleep very well at night kind of stuff so I think this interview is really timely um, and, and the reason we chose to talk with Dr Kate Middleton is a we love her b we really really love her C, we know that you love her. And D, she is so brilliant at helping us think through just how as human beings we're coping with something like a lockdown and how how we as leaders can pay attention to our own emotional well-being and our own mental health and then be sources of real comfort and strength for young people over what might be a bit of a longer haul than just one or two weeks. And we've got the capacity, we can do this you know god's wired us for all kinds of adventure and and challenge we can do this but it's really helpful at this stage to have somebody sane and brilliant and just really down to earth like kate bringing her wisdom from a kind of a psychological point of view and a psychiatrist point of view so so Shall we just let loose, Martin? Shall we just let Kate loose on our wonderful listeners? <laughs> I, I tell you, I was listening to this this morning, um, and it is an absolutely fantastic interview. So, um, you know, this is this is the this is the person we need to hear from today. Um, so, I would I would settle yourself down, get, make a cup of tea. You know, maybe pause this, make yourself a cup of tea, and then settle in. This is a brilliant interview uh, with Dr. Kate Middleton. in to coping with youth ministry that's now online those of us that are homeschooling our kids have had a couple of weeks under our belt I won't, I won't say this is our new normality yet it's not there yet but we're beginning the dust is beginning to settle but I think it's worth recognizing that this is still hard and it is hard isn't it Kate 
It, it absolutely is. And I think just talking to people at first, we were in such a stage of, of, of shock, really, just so much change so quickly. And I think in that early phase, everybody can accept this is difficult. But now we're in this phase, like you say, adjusting to an, a new normal. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that that is hard. I mean, if you think in brain terms, literally, this is difficult at a cognitive level. So the stable things that you have in your mind, the sort of anchor points that your mind holds onto in the everyday have pretty much all been pulled out from under you. And, and we can underestimate in the normal average week in our normal routine how much those anchor points actually help to keep us calm they keep our stress levels down because in your normal week most of what you do is routine and your brain is it knows exactly what to expect it knows what's happening when you move from one thing to another like stepping stones in your day and right now, not only are we adrift with the sort of little stream that we used to have as our lives has become a rushing torrent, but our stepping stones have all gone or moved and we, we step out for the next one and it's not where we left it and everything's different. So the amount of work, even if we weren't finding this distressing, and we'll talk in a minute about so much going on that is triggering difficult emotion as well. Just the level of change that we're experiencing means that for everyone, the baseline level of stress in your mind has gone up. So whether we are youth workers, adults, parents, um, or whether it's the teens and young people that we're supporting, inevitably we are in a stage where we're more stressed than usual. Are young people um, better equipped to cope with this fast rapid adjustment and change than, than adults? Or do you think the nature of it is we're all the same in how we respond? I think there's a bit of both going on, actually. And it's really interesting for you to say that. Young people are so much more adaptable than adults. And they're used to things changing. The teenage brain is, is all up for grabs anyway. So to some degree, they're less set in their ways than we are as adults. And they will find some of the things that we will find super stressful won't bother them at all. At the same time, there are other things for teenagers that are much more important to them than they are for adults. So because of the way their brains are changing, they are obsessed, they're sort of biologically programmed to focus on things that as adults wouldn't bother us as much. So friendships and relationships, for example, are hugely important when you're mid-adolescence. So to be in a stage where suddenly all the ways you do those things are pulled away from you, that's potentially very stressful for them. And, and it's hard for us too as adults, but it could cause a lot more negative emotion for young people than it might do for us. We, um, we know that a number of youth groups are saying to us that um, young people are sort of leaning in a bit more to their online youth ministry experience. A number of youth workers are saying they've been really amazed actually at how much the youth group have really engaged in some pretty pathetic, like low level technology stuff that us youth worker adults can cope with. Um, but, but they're sort of saying, but we're, we're not sure. We're still seeing young people sort of experiencing either the fun of this or now really de-escalating into real depression. Um, but we're not sure what the signs are that we need to look for when our only contact with young people is online. So you have that surface level, WhatsApp group, the funny films, the dance-a-thons, like the little things that we do. And then we have under the surface, you know, young people actually are really struggling. So what are some of the things that we need to look for, Kate, to help us know how young people are experiencing this as a stressful situation? What would we be looking for? 
Yeah, and again, some of what you're talking about there are advantages that young people have over some of us oldsters because their ease with online technology gives them a sort of head start on a lot of this. And that means that they are able to engage with stuff in that sort of novelty space and the fun stuff at first. But I think what we need to be looking out for them is as we move into the long term, because the challenge of doing this over weeks and even months is a really different one to the challenge of doing it for a few days or, you know, just till the end of term. And particularly as you get to the social spaces, the times when they would have done stuff, the key dates. I know in our household, for example, today I have my own local teenager and she today what was to have gone off on a school trip abroad. So that's a key date that actually is really poignant. And there will be these key moments for young people that, that hit them and maybe take them by surprise. And we need to be looking out for those ourselves and expecting there to be these key points that they find difficult but also looking for signs of of more distress so being attuned to that and creating spaces where they can express that so the fun spaces are awesome and we have to create those online fun is so important we might talk about that in a bit but we also need to create safe secure spaces maybe smaller groups where they can chat where they can be honest we need to model that honesty in talking about the stuff that's difficult all this drive towards positivity and uh, is is really good but at the same time we must allow people to say that this is hard because it is and we need to look for the signs of distress in how they're acted out so looking for signs of chaos in terms of people's daily rhythm or lack of it looking for breakdown of some of the normal healthy things that we see like sleep eating are they coping with schoolwork are they connecting with friends and and if we're starting to see signs of those things breaking down then that that, that might be trigger points for us to try and get in touch, to try and find a space where we can have more of an in-depth conversation to be saying, how are you doing? This is just so priceless and so helpful, um, Kate. And I think the whole time that we're talking, I can imagine people doing what I'm doing, which is thinking this is so relevant for the young people in the youth group. It's so relevant for young people or children in my family at home. And it's so relevant for me. And any of us who are in any kind of pastoral, leadership, caring role are suddenly stretched in all kinds of directions and it's just very helpful to remind ourselves that the weird ghost town feeling that there is out there can sometimes make us forget that something massive is happening and these emotions are being churned deep within us even if when we look outside the door the world looks very very quiet so we've talked about signs of distress and signs of stress and you've often come and spoken to us um, at Youthscape and nationally as well around young people's mental health and um, we don't want to be predicting terrible things but but when you step back a little bit from the immediacy of this what do you think might be some of the things that are going to emerge in six nine ten months time as life can begin to get back to a, a, another new normal what, what do you think might be some long-term impacts on young people about this sort of isolation and social distancing yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting and it's hard to predict, isn't it? Because we don't know how long this is going to last for. And I guess I'm aware that when we're talking about young people, it's easy to talk about them as if that's just one group. But, but, but the changes that go on through adolescence mean that there are several key stages within that sort of big mass of young people group. And, and it's very different, the impact 
that it has on the different age groups in that group, depending what age you are in this moment. So the younger adolescents who are just just coming into that early phase, the way that they do friendship, for example, is very different to the older adolescents. Older adolescents, in a way, are more equipped to manage this because their friendships groups are smaller. They do intensity. They've got the the sort of intense one-to-one or one-to-two friendships, and, and they're easier to maintain. The younger age group who like to hang out in tribes and do stuff in bigger groups that that's a bigger challenge so we've got some interesting questions around how it's going to affect things like social confidence and how they're going to pick up those friendships after this long break and come back into that space we'd be naive if we thought that this wouldn't have had any impact at all and then of course we've also got the impact on how they've learned to manage emotions, what they've learned about how you respond in moments of stress. And I, I mean, just, just as a positive, there, there is, I, I do, there's two words I can't stand hearing at the moment. Um, and, and my household know that I yell every time I hear them on the radio, it's unprecedented and opportunity. And I'm going to use one now <laughs> and say opportunity and, and I'm going to shout at myself, but actually <laughs> the parent in me is aware that there are some opportunities here to, to talk to my kids about, about emotions, about stress, how we respond to these things, about resilience. Like this is like some kind of weird, crazy experiment. It is like some kind of weird real life big brother moment where we're like, how do we manage this? as a family, as individuals, you know, even just recognizing things like emotional overwhelm and what I call emotional hijack, those moments where your emotions have got right up into the sort of red alert zone in your mind. So your brain literally begins to switch off your ability to rationalize. You're, you're just thinking, I can't take this. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to lose it. And, and you do lose it. And because our stress level is raised, we're all that much closer to overwhelm all the time. And we're all adults too. We're all reacting to things that we wouldn't normally react to. And on at its worst, that could look like us all yelling at everybody and just going off like little fireworks all day. But there is actually a space there to chat with young people about good grief. You know, this is what I'm feeling. Are you feeling it too? This is what's going on in your mind. This is how you can deal with it. This is why we need to look at things like how we relax, how we drop our baseline stress level. And so there are some good things we can draw out of this that might help our young people. But we, at the same time, that's not said a good thing. It is challenging. It is hard. And we've got to admit that too. Um, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to give us some really practical things that we can do over WhatsApp or um, Facebook Live or whatever plethora of platforms that we're now getting super expert in. You can tell I'm not. I've just named two really old ones. Um, so some really practical things that we can do to, to teach young people or to help young people. I want to come back quickly, though, to a tantalizing thing that you said, which is you very helpfully explained again why older youth groups quite like small, intimate deep and meaningful and why younger youth tend to sort of operate more in the larger tribal setting. I'm wondering how that is informing our youth management. And I, and I guess there'll be a number of churches where it's a smallish number of young people. And so putting them all into one group makes it a bit more manageable for the youth worker who's also caring for people and, you know, managing their own emotions and cutting their grass or whatever they're doing endlessly. Um, but I want to hear from you. Do you. I mean, that's a good bit of challenge to us. Are we... Uh, 
have we forgotten that young people need to operate in certain fairly tight age groups again sort of in our attempt to get everything online quickly have we forgotten that so uh, some interesting thoughts from you have you have you seen that done well what's your church doing in terms of those different age groups how are you meeting their needs online yeah it's interesting isn't it and again i'm i'm so aware that with young people you can't even talk about age groups because it's developmental and you know the the ages and the stages that kids and young people go into and go through are so different for each individual so it really is variable and that's always the challenge of doing youth ministry isn't it one group of 14 year olds can involve kids Mm. at so many different developmental ages um, in the same space and it's just even harder when you're trying to do that online so I think it's probably the key is about variety and I mean inevitably in these early couple of weeks we've all been just scrambling around trying to do something anything to gather people to connect to create some kind of space where there could be connection which is been amazing I mean some of the stuff I've seen youth workers doing is just phenomenal and young Mm. people too I mean I am so proud of some of the young people that I've seen in terms of how they've reacted and responded to this and the stuff they've set up I mean just awesome now as we (laughs) carry on from this moment we we then do get into the challenge of actually this is this is not just a short-term novelty thing this is a long-term challenge and I think there our young people will need our help better because what one of the latest skills that they develop in adolescence is the stuff around motivation and doing things for the long-term impact. So they're, they're quite good at dealing with crisis and acute challenge, but, but trying to sustain things longer term, trying to keep their motivation going, trying to get themselves out of bed. I mean, I mean I don't, even in our household, I mean, gosh, it's not just the adolescents. We're all starting to see that slip. We were joking the other day that at this rate, if we carry on the gentle slide, by the time it's after Easter, we'll all be getting up at lunch and going to bed at some three in the morning. And as the adults, we've all got to hold ourselves to motivation, to good order, to good routine. But that's even harder for the young people. And, and just understanding why some of these things are important and motivating yourself to keep doing them. Most of all on the days when it is just the last thing you feel like doing. The days when you are so cheesed off with this, you are so over it. You know, that's difficult enough when you're in your mid-40s. So helping your 14-year-olds, your 15-year-olds, or even at the other end, your sort of 11, 12-year-olds, helping them to do that, that that's going to require a bit more input from us. And more variety in the ways that they can connect, the spaces, the different, like you just mentioned a few, but all these different online platforms they can use. Mm-hmm. And some of those lend themselves really well to big groups, some to small groups, some to visibility, which can be amazing. But also teenagers feel very exposed already. They feel like they're in a spotlight at a particular stage of adolescence when they're just when they hit a particular developmental stage. So for some of them, the idea of being on a video call is literally their personal hell. So try and put them on a Zoom call. I'm thinking probably not. Whereas get them on something where they can chat on WhatsApp, they're probably going to be more for that. So I think we've just got to look at creativity and, and try and be as broad as we can in the number of different opportunities that we create for them to connect. And, and I guess mm. with any mental health thing, the message is always watch out for the quiet ones. You know, there's yeah. always a group of people who are noisily distressed and, and, and they, they quite rightly grab our attention. We focus on them. We help meet their needs. Much more difficult to spot are the quiet ones who have withdrawn. And sometimes they're the mm. ones who need our help most. So we're looking for absence of connection as well as that sort of almost pr- provocative displaying of difficult emotion, which 
which which will successfully generate support we want to look out for the ones who don't know how to do that because not all teenagers know how to say actually I'm really struggling not all adults know how to say that Mm. Absolutely. It's just priceless stuff. When you were talking about routine, I, I think I've just got two little ones at home and we've now got an older youth that's moved in with us because being at home is not possible. Um, and it's even interesting watching them, that they're all super benefiting from sitting at the table together at 9am. And I'm a little bit of a strict so-and-so, so they're all up and they're all having their, uh, their schoolwork at 9am. But it, it's made life happier. And, and I was only thinking next week when their schools are not sending anything through, I'm going to have, you know, a, a, an older youth, a, a couple of younger children all going, now what's the routine of our day? So you're absolutely right, finding that place it's the sweet routine that works and how much of that could we be generating with our wider youth I'd love to get super practical now with UK and um, some, some very practical things what could so one around language and wording because I've realized I've noticed now that a lot of what I'm doing is calling up young people and talking to them or on a little whatsapp chat group or on our live stuff and it's a lot more word based than normal so I want to think about the wording and the language I'm using is there some triggering words that and not helpful for young people, particularly the word unprecedented, I would agree with you. Um, and then how can we do some, some practical things to relax and drop our baseline of anxiety? So could you chat into both of those, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, um, the language one's really interesting and it's a good point, Rachel, because I mean, I guess we're suddenly putting quite a lot of pressure on um, teenagers and young people to be quite articulate in a way that sometimes they are, but sometimes they might struggle to be. Um, and I mean, actually, teenagers and young people are incredibly articulate about talking about many things and they're good at doing that. But when we're talking about their sort of emotional vocabulary in a stage where they're trying to understand their emotions anyway, under normal circumstances, but particularly when they're, when they're sort of acutely powerful and, and let's face it, these are definitely not normal circumstances. So they are going to struggle a bit more. So I guess, again, it's about creativity. Are there things that they can do to help them express that in a nonverbal way? And I'm finding that even with adults. So in some of our prayer spaces, doing things like saying like, um, instead of saying, why don't, why don't you write a sentence about how you're feeling? Say, why don't you choose three emojis that describe how you're feeling? Or is there a picture that you can bring tonight when we meet at seven? Can you find, can you find a picture off the internet or something that just describes what you're feeling? And, and looking at some other ways they can do that. Um, songs and music, you know, like, can, can you put together a playlist that, 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 exp- that sort of, you know, is a description of what you're feeling right now or getting them to bring a favorite song of the moment and then talk about why so we're giving them tools and things to aid their articulation to help them to talk about stuff I think that's I think that's really helpful well you you asked about managing anxiety and I guess I've got five key tips so shall shall I just let rip with my five key tips and you can interrupt me if you want to so number one really is about this thing around finding routine so where your mind has been thrown because you've lost all your normal stepping stones the quicker you can put back into place some kind of framework some kind of stepping stones 
that will drop your overall stress level and it will help you manage almost everything else because your mind isn't designed to operate that well when your baseline stress is as high as it will have been over the last two weeks. So everything in terms of how you respond will get better once you can drop that. So we are looking at predictability, literally tedious, I know though it is, timetabling things, trying to put back in things that were routine. I know a lot of school teachers are trying to do things like do online registration at the beginning of each day. And these things might feel ridiculous, but there's good sense behind them in psychology. You're, you're thinking about what's the normal stuff that, that used to be in your day. And I know you don't need to do it now. You don't need to get dressed unless you have a video call. Helpful hint, check that you don't have video calls before you decide to have a pajama day. I've already come a cropper because of that one in the last few weeks. But you might not need to get dressed, but it will help you to feel better if you do because that's normal you might not need to take a shower do your hair someone was talking to me the other day who's been struggling and we've been having regular chats and she was saying that the thing that's helped the most is that she's started to do her makeup again each day an older teen and she's like it's so crazy no one's seeing me why does that make me feel better why because it's normal and those things really really will help so do the things that you would normally do even though you feel like there's no point try and get into regular routine have breakfast lunch dinner timetable things in where you can because that will really help and of, of course in particular it will help with your sleep wake cycle I cannot tell you how many people I'm speaking to young people and adults who are struggling with sleep right now partly that comes from the stress level but also it's because your natural rhythms have just gone totally to pot and the more it's tempting to play into that because you don't have to get up you could just shift your entire school day six hours later if you wanted to or to heck with it don't even bother with school or like you say it's the holidays next week the temptation would be to sleep in or keep weird hours but the more you can keep to a regular pattern the more it will help so that's number one about routine and there's good logic about why it is it's not just your parents or your youth workers trying to drive you crazy with it there's good psychology about why that stuff helps the second thing is about expressing negative emotions you know there's three emotions that almost everyone if they're honest will be feeling right now there is frustration because there's so much stuff we can't do there is anxiety because we're hearing and reading a lot of triggering stuff right now and there's a huge amount of uncertainty around and there's loss because massive amounts of what we're dealing with at the moment are about loss loss of routine loss of friendships loss of comfort loss of security so I love the whole positivity thing. And, and here I go again, the opportunity and all of this stuff, it's all good. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But we mustn't lose the important spaces where we can express and be honest about what we're feeling. Because otherwise, all we do, we don't get rid of those feelings. They're still there. We just add another one to the mix, which is guilt. And because then we feel guilty. And again, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about sleep. The other thing I'm hearing so much is a phrase, something like this well I shouldn't feel so bad or I shouldn't moan because other people have it worse and and I just want to say to all the people listening but also to the young people you know your situation is genuine and it's difficult so it's okay to express that it's okay it's okay to be honest about it number three then is pursue the good stuff so this is hard, but there is still some good stuff around. Find things that help you. Easy wins we talk about. So don't be too ambitious. You know, you've seen all those Facebook posts, Rachel, or gosh, Facebook, there I am showing my age. Stuff about, um, you know, who was it? 
Einstein who came up with his theory of whatever it was when he was in isolation or Shakespeare wrote this play. That's all great. But if all you manage to do is take a shower and put your makeup on or or get some English homework done or whatever it is, that's good too. So looking for easy wins finding opportunities as adults we can help young people by praising them by giving feedback by trying to make the little things that our young people achieve concrete telling them how well they've done that will help them to feel better by helping them to make find find things that are meaningful projects they can do stuff where they can feel that sense of uh, purpose you know they've achieved something and of course, connection, which is so, so important, which we've already talked about a lot. So encouraging that, finding creative ways they can do that. Number four is to get out whenever you can. You know, getting out into the fresh air it is a natural way of lifting your mood. Exercise, if you're able to do your daily allotted exercise, that's a great thing to do as well. It releases, releases tension, helps to relieve stress, exposure to daylight, sun if we're lucky, who knows, it might happen. But that will help reset your sleep-wake cycle. So trying to take those slots when you can. And then last one, Allow yourself alone time, particularly for teens and young people. You know, they can feel so invaded anyway. I mean, when I was 14, the idea of being isolated with my family for 12 weeks would actually have been my worst nightmare. So being forced into a space with other people when your mind is trying to detach, that can be really tough when you're a teenager. So helping them to find spaces they can be alone, creating cocoons where they can have quiet space, alone time and not be disturbed. That's important too. And it's a good coping strategy. I love those. Give the good stuff. Get out when you can and give yourself some alone time. And you know what, they work for the adults too. It's not just teenagers. We are all just big teenagers. That was amazing. So we're going to wrap up this um, interview in a minute. I can hear everyone shouting, no, she's amazing. But you've given us so much brilliant stuff. Um, but, But one last little thing, people listening to this, are my favorite people on the planet. Um, And as a youth ministry tribe, you know, we're going through a tough time too because we're like every other person on the planet facing this. We've all got our own unique challenges. Some people have so much time on their hand, it feels like a curse and they desperately want to do stuff. Maybe they've been furloughed by work. There's lots of youth workers telling me this week that's what's happening for them. They desperately Mm. want to do youth ministry, but they actually can't because they can't be paid and et cetera, et cetera, but they've got a heart for young people. So that's a whole new mind mind game. Um, Others who are feeling like, it's a joke how much I have to do and how little time I have. So just the last couple of minutes, Kate, what would be sort of from your heart, from God's heart for this incredible youth ministry tribe who've given their all to serve young people? The most important thing for them is just to... um to accept and allow yourself to admit the reality of your own situation. And you've captured it there, Rachel. So many people are in such different situations. And the risk is, is that we just pile guilt on ourselves because we feel like maybe we shouldn't be feeling what we're feeling or what you're feeling or your situation isn't the same as someone else's or, or whatever that is. And, and the challenge is, the challenges are all around managing the difficult emotions and managing things like our boundaries, all the same things that I've just talked about for young people, actually trying to put those positive things in for ourselves, whatever the situation is. So if you're not able to do, I mean, none of us are able to do the things we were normally able to do, but particularly if you're furloughed or something like that, then you're talking about how do you manage frustration? 
frustration? How do you find purpose in this phase? Is there something that that you could do for yourself in terms of personal development, professional development? Is there something that God is whispering over you in this time that that maybe you could use the time to do? Um, So really pushing into that and thinking, how am I going to use this time well, but also giving yourself spaces to express and be honest about how frustrating and difficult that is. If you are frantically busy, because that's the other end of it, and you're frantically trying to learn all this new technology, you're working from home your boundaries have most likely gone utterly utterly to pot youth work is always a challenge in terms of boundaries because you're working a lot of evenings you've got messages coming in odd hours and stuff like that but particularly in this zone so watch your boundaries where do you have Mm. space where you actually stop and your brain can switch off because we're all still in this state state of heightened stress our brains are buzzing and that's why so many Mm. adults in particular are struggling to sleep at the moment because their brains are on overdrive so the more you can build into your regular routine times of relaxation times of switching off stuff that helps your mind go somewhere other than your work and all of these things the more that will help you to adjust quickly that's really important if you're working at home try and create a key space where you work and then when you've finished working put that stuff away go somewhere else it helps your mind to switch off try not to it's tempting isn't it just to grab the laptop work in bed or you know what work in the living room or whatever it is but you'll you'll find it harder to switch off if that's the way that you're working so try and put those boundaries into place and so then the third thing Absolutely. is it's just about relaxation it's about time out and you know um as people uh, as youth workers people of god church workers whatever it is we are all so wonderfully well motivated so passionate about what we do but that means we can be our worst enemy about flipping while stopping sometimes and maybe for some of us this phase even a furlough is is actually a chance to stop and maybe we haven't done that for months and that may feel terrifying for some of us but but it might be an interesting space that God is speaking into so looking at what's the stuff what do I do that's relaxing what did I do before I had this job what do I do when I'm not thinking about young people how do I feed myself how do I nurture myself they, they may be challenging questions to answer but they could be hugely useful Brilliant interview, Rachel. And Kate was the person we needed to hear from today. Uh, that was absolutely brilliant. The, um, the Mind and Soul website uh, is mindandsoulfoundation.org. Uh, and they've got a whole bunch of uh, resources for churches there right on the front page, um, which you would uh, do well to go and take a look at. Don't check that out. It's mindandsoulfoundation.org. Yeah, the, the website has some absolutely excellent stuff that, that you can pass on to your church leaders as well. Um, just to, if anything, so you think, oh, that I, I need my church leaders to know that. I need other people to know that. And then just send them in that direction, definitely. Yeah. So um, that's that's nearly it for another edition of the Youthscape podcast. Um, my uh, wife's standing at the door and uh, and making faces at me <laughs> because my son <laughs> needs to come in and use this room to do his uh, his his schoolwork in. So we need to wrap it up. Um, but Oh, she says I'm babbling on. <laughs> Maybe everybody's she listening. She will. She Maybe everybody will. listening to this thinks, uh, thinks I'm babbling on. Um, Thank you, Mrs. Okay, very good. So, um, so, so yeah, just a couple of things to remind people of. 
Um, so uh, first of all, the Youthscape uh, website has uh, a, a place where we've collated a bunch of brilliant resources. It's our live blog uh, at youthscape.co.uk forward slash coronavirus. Um, and uh, that is updated sort of three or four times a day. Um, and uh, there's some downloadable resources on there. I really recommend you get that safeguarding guidance that we developed with 318. Uh, and there's a whole load of signposting to things that other people are doing. I've noticed in the last week, um, there's been uh, new resources released from Youth for Christ uh, and from uh, Limit, uh, Limitless and Dreaming the, Imp Dreaming the Impossible um, and a bunch of other people. Um, we should also say we, we do drop some news stuff on there as well, just to update you on things you may not have heard. So, um, of course, a few more events uh, have sadly been uh, cancelled for um, uh, summer 2020. Uh, so we do kind of talk about some of those things on there as well. Um, and, uh, and of course, um, we've got uh, these very short form uh, quick fire ideas, which we're providing on there. So do check all those things out, youthscape.co.uk forward slash coronavirus. Anything else you want to talk about, Rach? Well, no, actually, I've, I've zoned out. I've, I've found Home Alone 4 and I'm already enjoying it. So I'll see you later. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, we'll see you next time on the Escape Podcast. <laughs>